welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is Season 3, Episode 9 of the Breaking Wax Podcast. I'm Don, and today we have special guest Cage from the Luca Tigers Bronze Oh My Podcast. Um, you're a lawyer also, right? Because as your screen name says, Cage Lawyer. I am. I am. I like to tell people I'm not really a lawyer, but I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express last There you night. go. But yeah, no, that's always really, a good one. I am a lawyer. At least I pretend I am. So, But nah, I went to law school. Where'd you go to law school? While. I went to St. John's in Queens. Where wife oh, nice, nice. Okay. And you're, you said we were talking a little bit before. So you're from Staten Island originally? Yeah, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island, met my wife in Queens, moved out to Long Island where, you know, she went to high school. My kids are actually zoned for the school my wife went to high school in. Oh, that's so, awesome. It's funny how that works. That's awesome. I, we would not want the, our kids to go where my wife went to school in Jamaica, <laughs> Queens. So, but that's a whole other story, I guess. So, Talk to me. So have you always been a card collector? Yeah. I mean, I started collecting as a uh, kid in the 80s. Um, in the mid-80s, everyone I knew was a Met fan. I was a Yankee fan. I don't know. Something about Tom Mattingly's mustache just did it for me. Um, you know, the 86 Mets, I was a I was a nine, uh, nine-year-old kid. I turned 10 right as they were winning the World Series. Um, you know, impressionable youth, you know, playing wiffle ball on the street. Um, and everyone was a Met fan because that was the 86 Mets. That was the Amazons, you know, that was Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez. Right. And, you know, they, you know, owned the city. Um, they were great. You know, they were, they were as good as could be and the Yankees were terrible. Um, so it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to be a, uh, Yankee fan then obviously it turned around for me in the nineties. Right. Um, so you got to stick it out sometimes with the fandom, you know, but, um, you know, I collected cards, um, you know, as a kid. We had uh, a couple stores right around the corner from my house growing up. Uh, Peddler's World was one of them. You know, we had this, uh, you know, little little uh, cards and gifts store where packs right. of cards were a quarter. Um, and then, you know, um, towards, the, towards the late 80s, another, uh, like, strip mall opened up a block or two further away. And it actually had a baseball card store in it, which... It's funny. We see a lot of that now. It's the same thing that was happening in the late 80s. I remember 1989, the store opened. It was, you know, when there was the explosion of cards back then also. Right. I've been collecting the whole time. I can give you my whole deal, you know, like everybody else. You, you, you go in and out of collecting depending upon what you're doing in life and depending on, um, you know, what kind of the card ebb and flow right, was doing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think, like I've said it a few times, for me it was uh... – I just always loved sports and playing sports. So collecting cards was like a natural thing. You know, you always collected your favorite players. And, you know, in the 80s, 90s, it was always real big with like Wayne Gretzky, Jordan, Bo Jackson. They even had a cartoon for a while. Um, so I just, I love cards. And then, um, you know, I found girls, high <laughs> school. Yeah. Sport, you know, sports consumed me. And then I kind of forgot about cards. Um, was it last year? My dad was like, Hey, I have all this stuff of yours, like cards and stuff. You want to look through it? Do you want it? And I was like, no, no, no I want to look through it. Let me look through it. And it was like, just like I said, Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, all these cards I bought at card shows That's at the funny. mall, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but uh, looking at them like, damn, these guys that sold me these cards screwed me as a kid. They're all like the most miscut corners are bent. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't nobody care cared. as a kid. No, nobody, nobody cared. cared. I have all my cards. I did that same thing about a, about a month ago. I started going through my collection because I have them in a basement. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll get some of these graded. You know, maybe I'll send them to SGC. And I remember like searching for these cards. But it's funny in, in the '80s when I was putting these things together, even the early '90s, I'm putting these together. If you wanted to collect a set, 
you went to a card show and you bought it. Like right. there was no eBay, PWCs. There wasn't any of this stuff no. to collect. So if you found one, you were buying it. And also condition was just not something that, I mean, it was nicer to have a great condition card, but right. you know, you were just happy to find one, let alone, you know, one that was in great shape. It's like, Oh, you have that card. It's worth this. Let me just get it. It wasn't like, it's worth that because it's in uh, a nine. There were no nines. Right. So I, I think like, I do remember, you know, there started to be chases and stuff, I guess, in the late mid 90s, you know, with the auto cards and the numbered stuff, because I remember my buddy's dad was like, it's just like people now, instead of being on whatnot or Instagram live, they would get together and open packs and they'd be like, oh, I just hit a numbered card and it'd be a big deal. But as a kid, I was like, yeah, I just want to collect my favorite players. It's funny, know? right? It depends on your age. I say a lot of people got lucky in the hobby because they happen to live in Boston and collect, you know, in the early 2000s and they were focusing on Tom Brady because that was their guy and right. they're all millionaires. So I collected in the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, my biggest collection, you know, when I started actually work and make some money and be able to spend it on the guys that I like was 92, 93, 93, 94. Shaquille O'Neal came out. Um, yep. And it's funny, if you look at my collection now, <laughs> talk about like a word to the wise. Tell me if this sounds familiar to people who are listening out there. You know, I got into collecting when a lot of people weren't collecting. And then all of a sudden, a couple years in, people got into it. And it started blowing up and there were card stores opening up everywhere. And everybody you knew was collecting cards and buying cards and putting cards away because they were going right. to believe what pays for your college. And the next thing, you start picking a young quarterback to invest in. Right. The guy's going to be really good. And you start stockpiling all that quarterback's cards and they go up in value and they're, you know, they're winning and the whole deal. And then the quarterback gets injured and replaced and you have all of these quarterback cards that are basically worth less than the screw downs yep. that you have them being saved in. That's my Drew Bledsoe collection by the way oh, and uh, a lot of people are doing the same thing now with mac jones with whoever right. and and you know, trevor lawrence or whatever it is and they're going to end up 20 years from now on a podcast talking about their trevor lawrence collection in the right, basement right. so <laughs> I, that's i'm glad you brought that up because i was listening to a segment you guys did um trying to get ready for today's podcast and you're talking about um donovan mcnab right yep. um I mean, you could go Donovan McNabb. Dante Culpepper was hot for a right. while, right? But like, yeah, throwing a Moss, right? I could, it, I could have been a great quarterback. Just right. throw, throw it up and let Moss get it. Does anybody, you know, are any of those cards worth anything now? And then to your point, like, no. And then who even collects them? But it's like, so then Brandon, he always comes up every show. So he's one of my best friends, and he's always in the mindset of like, let me get my money now and then mm -hmm. reinvest in something else. So with these quarterbacks, in your mind, it's just sell it while it's hot right yeah not to hold them we've had brandon on the show he talks yep. about only investing in quarterbacks in the first i think three years and then they're no longer not even, you know, well, for him, not even but yeah. so you know you buy the guy and then you get out right, right you know you right. buy your joe burrow when he gets injured you, you know you find your your entrance and you get out listen here's what's funny let me not you know go down the road right We're, we'll be talking for a while but let me, let's make sure we we lay some ground rules right for for me otherwise i get the trolls they come out and say i'm a pessimist i'm not there's a million ways to collect I just don't do the collecting the way that a lot of people do, which is I'm going to try to buy this card and I'm going to sell it in a month. Right? right. I I did do that. I did it in 2019. Yep. Because Everybody you did. could do it. Right. You know right, what I right. mean? Because at that time, the supply and demand economics were very different than they are right now. You could buy a Prism basketball card of somebody. I always use Devontae Graham because that's the guy. I mean, you look at my 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 Instagram page, you see pictures of like, you know, hundreds of Devontae right. Graham Prism cards. You could go to a show and buy a lot of 10 of them for $6, yep. less than a dollar a card. 
then you can grade them with PSA for a $6 quarterly special and get them back in a month, $8 normally, and get them back in a month or two months at the worst. Now you're into these cards for $7, $8, and all of a sudden, Devontae Graham has a 40-point game against the Nets. You know, he puts up a couple 20-point games in a row, and you're like, all right, these are selling for $30, $40, $50, $80 for these cards. That was what you were able to do. And Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell them at the time. The problem is it's you you can't really do that now for a bunch of reasons. One, everyone's doing it. You don't right. have more people coming in. And two, the price of the base card, whether it's through wax, opening wax, or just trying to buy a base card, it makes it so that you can't buy it for anybody who's going to potentially turn into right. anything unless you want to really go dumpster diving. And two, grading costs significantly more and longer to get the, the cards back. And you don't have any clarity on what the secondary market's going to look like at the time you get it back. So it's just a very right. different world. I don't do that now. Brandon has a, a cool way. Bro Namath, by the way, we're talking about has a cool way of doing it, right? You know, he'll pay a little more, get it, and be the first person to grade a card. And right. be the but first he, one to market with it. Right, but he's not doing it with base cards either. He's doing it with cards that are already in the four figures couple hundred bucks you know he's not doing cheap stuff so i I think you know you have to adjust to what your plan is but like to what you're saying like even those zion prison base cards i remember i was snatching them up on ebay for i can look maybe like 10 15 bucks a pop right Mm -hmm. just buying them tons of them and then within that month they were jumping to like a hundred raw and my plan was to grade them but then i was like holy shit i'm just moving this stuff like i'm so i think i graded like 20 and sold everything else but yeah, now you have to really look for the numbered stuff, the low pop stuff, as they say, if you're going to grade it. Uh, PSA has been pretty good. I know you guys do the SGC still. Do you grade with PSA and BGS still? Yeah, or I just, mean, listen, okay. I, I grade, I think even if if um, if Peter, the, the CEO of SGC, was on here right now and you asked him, he would say that there are certain things that work, uh, you know, in, in different grading companies, right? Um, you know, right now, any autograph that I have, I send to SGC because – they grade the autograph for free. Yep. No extra charge for the autograph. It's just free. And I think it looks good, the autograph on there. And, you know, my son and I open cards, you know, pretty much every week. That's become my go-to for that. Right. Um, if I, if I, if it's, if I'm opening, you know, basketball right now, I'm sending it to SGC because I want it back this basketball season. Right. At a reasonable price. Um, not every card am I going to send to SGC though, and I'm, I'm sure you know. You know, everybody has to be honest. Even though, yes, we have a partnership with SGC, I'm always going to tell folks the truth. Right. Um, you know, there are cards that that you know that I would send to to PSA. Um, my son has a, a humongous um, you know Pokemon Modern collection that he puts in PSA slabs and as an OCD, you know, of getting them all in the same kind of like you know PSA slab, you know, set building and that kind of stuff. Um, cool. that may change, you know, SGC may start, you know, making a push for, for the TCG stuff and, you know, maybe we'll go there, but there's no rush to get them back. You know, right, there's no right. craziness no, on that. So. I still do a BGS with all my TCG stuff just because that the lure of getting a pristine, you know what I mean? Or black label is, is always there. So I, I still do the BGS, but, I, and then also just something else you were talking about with the box prices. Like nowadays it's, uh. It's a horrible investment to open a box of hobby, anything, even though the prices have come down a little bit still. But I, I equate it to just people are doing scratch offs, right? They're just yeah. hoping to hit big. And 100%. I'm, just, I'm not in that business. I switched from ripping like crazy, you know, 2018, 19, because it was cheap. 
to now I'm, I'm more of a just singles every once in a while. If uh, a breaker, I like uh, Insta trading cards, Eric, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I do baseball with him and that's it though. Um, I mean, look, you have to, part. you have to like the cards. You have to enjoy it. You have to know right. going in now that it just like, just like buying, you know, base cards and, and grading them and flipping them was something you could do a couple of years ago. You can't really do it now. I mean, I'll give an example. So it's funny, you know, talk about spending some money. My son and I break product every Friday. We've done it since March of 2019. Awesome. You know right. what I mean? So we always right. open something. Um, sometimes he's not happy with it. And I'm like, hey, it's soccer. He's like, no, go, go, go to the hmm. store. Go, go get me Pokemon. You know, so we open something all the time. It was right. COVID. We've definitely How old is he? before COVID. He's nine. He's listening okay. here. He's correcting me. Um, but yeah, we've opened a lot of stuff and we lose 99% right. of the time. But it wasn't always like that, right? You know, I remember we bought, um, you know, boxes of, Tops hobby, uh, I think I might even bought jumbo boxes, you know, like six boxes of them. And they weren't cheap, but you know, 150 bucks, something like that. And you know, we spend a thousand dollars, let's just say. I'm gonna round up on right. six boxes. And you know, we open them, and yes, it would be great if you hit a banger. We usually don't, but it'd be great if you hit like a nice gold rookie, something like that. But instead, I remember this is 2019. You know, we got the Jordan Alvarez, the Boba Shets, the yep. those cards that were in there, and you took them all out, and you were getting them the base cards, and you're sending them to PSA, and you, you know, it was ten dollars, you know, and you graded them, and you got them back in a reasonable time, and you know, you got three or four or five cards in each box that were going to sell for between thirty and sixty dollars, right? And your box price was back. You know what I mean? Yep. Sure, you yep. had to wait, and yeah, you had to, do it, but you know. You were able to to do this and sell to somebody who didn't want to open a box. They just wanted to buy the Jordan Alvarez, or right, they just the wanted boom. to buy, you know, the Boba Shad or Gavin Lux at the time, or right, whoever right. it was that you were, you know, pulling out of the out of the box. You just can't do it anymore. You know, right. I mean, there's too many of them, and it always does come down to supply and demand. Always. Yep. Yep. And the supply that, is <laughs> there's a lot of it. There's a lot. There's a lot. I, and I think, um, and I've been saying it for like the last year or so. I, like everyone's been worried about the correction, and and it had to, right? Prices mm-hmm. had to level back out to almost reasonable, which I still don't think some of it is. But uh, I think the hype train is in the hobby now, and it's never going to go away. It's kind of like uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I, mean, I don't because... think I've said this on the show yet, but I mean, look around at other stuff. And I know people draw a correlation to like NFTs and stuff, but that right. has no track record. You know, NFTs have been around for a year, so they're down 97%, but they could just disappear. Cards have been around forever. Compare it, okay, even Bitcoin doesn't have the same track record. But how about Verizon stock? You got right. a cell phone? You know, yep. I do. I use Verizon Wireless. You know, it's at like a multi year low, you yep. know, and it's down 25% this quarter, you know, so and that. The, that's not because of proliferation or supply and demand, right? It's just the economy is down. The market is down. It, it had a huge run up and, and it corrects. That's just what things do. Right. So, you know, yes, there's been an increase in production and yes, there's been a lot of an increase in supply, but uh, everything corrected, not just cards. So I think yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, I, it's tough though, because I feel like the card shops were, were getting it while it's good and they still are. Um, but you pop into some of these card stores the lcs's that do the the live breaks and stuff they don't have nearly the amount of people in there the lines aren't as long to open stuff live so i just feel like it's going to be corrected uh but i by the I way don't know when do you have a tv by you somewhere where you are we're recording this i don't know when you're when you're broadcasting it but you may have a live here you may have an interesting thing i think it's aaron live. Ju- i think aaron judge just hit his his 60 second Oh really? We're live right now, or yeah, live, it's live like, right now. YouTube no, no, yeah, so it's live on take YouTube. Take a look. I think Judge might have somebody just texted me. He got it. 
So, so I may have to eat my words here if I'm, you no, know. No, no, I, I got MLB on my phone, so. So I may have. I haven't uh, gotten any notifications yet. Hey, bud, yep, do me he favor? did get it. He did get it. I think Judge just hit a 60 second. You want to go take he a look? He did. He did. Yeah, hit see? A 60 so second. there we go. Yep. We're live. And, you know, I, I famously told folks, you know, about uh, 12 games ago, sell your Judge stuff, you know, and I still feel right. I know <laughs> uh, you're 100% right. So I'm a Yankees fan as well. Me too. And people have been like, who would you rather have, Judge or Otani? I said, look, don't get me wrong. Judge's had a fantastic year. But if the Angels were like, we'll trade you straight up, I, I would be like, take Judge and you can take Dominguez or Volpe, you pick, and we'll take Otani <laughs> all day long. It's like a no brainer. But both of them, you know, Judge has had a good year this year, but the last couple of years, he could not hit that low. Right. Outside ball at all. He had like no plate discipline when it came to that. I don't know where it's coming from this year, but uh, I agree with you, though. You should sell because I don't think his stuff will ever be this high again. It's already coming down. I mean, you know, you take a look at it. When I made that prediction, you know, Slab Stocks was posting a PSA 10 Heritage Red Ink Auto that sold for $20,000. And last night's weekly or Sunday's weekly PWCC, a BGS 1010. A ten with a ten auto sold for twelve five. Oh wow! So you know, and I mean, you would think out of the two that would have sold for significantly sold for more. more. Yep, yeah, you would think absolutely. so. So I mean, I think the cards already come down because and and listen, I don't know what he's going to do in the playoffs, right? I hope they win. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm uh, rooting for them to win. <laughs> Glaber's been our guy in the playoffs. So Glaber's. We'll see. I mean, these young right these young too. middle infielders, you know, Peraza, um, you know, he, he hit a home run today. I, you never know. They just got to catch lightning in a bottle, play a little small ball. The pitching, Severino coming back and doing was, was a nice thing. That was huge yesterday. Yep. But on Judge, you know, I mean, look, I'm glad he hit it because he basically – he lost the triple crown because Arias is going to win, and he's sitting out for Minnesota, and his batting average oh, is, is like, he? You know, Yeah, his batting average is like 315, and Judge is like a 311. Right. And Judge, to get the home run, is swinging for the fences. You know, he could have a better batting average, but he's trying to hit the home run. It's very hard to hit for average while you're also trying to hit right. home runs. That's why it's a weird thing to you know win the Triple Crown. Um, and I'm glad he got it. I think he has to go, like, basically, you know, five for five, you know, tomorrow – if to, I were the Yankees, to, to I'd probably finish. sit him. I don't right. know, the last thing you want is him getting hurt, you know, no. right before the playoffs. You want him doing this in the postseason. And it's I'm, a way game, too, so you might as well just sit him. My take on Judge, he's a phenomenal player who had a phenomenal season. And I made a comparison to, like, you know, a bunch of other players. And people like, you can't compare him to Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, I can. I mean, Stanton had that one season. First of all, Stanton's only a year older than him and has, like, right. 100 and, more runs. Yep. So. Stanton's like, I don't know what's going on with him. He's, like, hitting – I've. He hits the ball with just his upper body. It's like the craziest thing. But uh, but with Judge, though, the thing that scares me is I know money's unlimited for the Yankees, but, like, what are they going to pay him? $600 million? Like, what's enough? If Julio Rodriguez got $400 million in his rookie season for an extension, like, what what's Judge going to command? Yeah, but Julio season? Rodriguez is 21. Judge right. will be 31 exactly. three weeks into the season. That people forget that, and then you know? and we still need more pitching. Like you, I mean, Severino's doing good. Herman's coming on, but like, and Cortez is having a phenomenal year. But like, you still need another. I mean, tradition. The last couple of years to win the World Series, you need more than one ace. That's right to win. So we'll Listen, see what happens. Somebody's got to put. Um, Tyone's got to pitch well, or Severino's got to show up out of nowhere. Cortez, you know. Um, what's his name? Garrett Cole can't give up as many home runs as he gave up. They should just not let Aroldis Chapman on the postseason roster. 
I don't know what's going on with him. Can't yeah. trust him for anything, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm glad he hit the 62nd because I would have been the ultimate jinx. If he would have finished tied at 61, I would have had some hate DMs. I was already starting to get him. So I'm really? glad he I, hit the 62nd. No, it's good. It's good for them too going into playoffs to get that off their back and, and they don't have to think about it anymore. But uh my wife knows, so if they make it to the World Series, I'll be there. So, nice. Or do you go to a lot of games, you and your son? Or so so my daughter and my son until this year went to every opening day they were alive. Nice. Just take them, just like a family thing. Um, and yeah, we go to some games. It's not the easiest, you know, stadium to get to and to get no. out of. That's you know part of the the worst part of it. But um, I've been to a lot of playoff games, you know, and I have the ability to go to some playoff games this year also. And you know, I might I might show up for one or two. So well, it gets let me a little know. Nuts we'll, there. I'll be uh, I'll be in New York in two weeks. I think they'll be playing. If the series goes to five or set five games, and there'll be a home game, I'll be there. So we'll just happen to be there for something for my daughter. But yeah, if we if nice. we can make it work, yeah, it's a uh, it's not easy to go to the Bronx and then if you're driving to drive back to Long Island at no. all, and even the trains, you know, yeah. it gets a little it no, gets it's a, a little it's tough. A one or two o'clock in the morning ordeal if you go and stay for the game. So yep, it gets a little tough. But yeah, I mean, but fun. It's fun stuff. I, I like. I'll just order Chick Fil A. And just, you know, eat it <laughs> on my couch. You know, that's how I roll. What, so uh, how'd you get the shirt? Uh, one of the listeners actually sent it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah, Tony Harley actually actually, actually sent me the shirt because I talk about Chick-fil-A on the show so much. And he's like, oh, well, give me a shirt. I'm saying, all right, let's go. I'll take it. I'll wear it. So what, what do you get for lunch there? So if, What's your go-to? I'll do a spicy with the Polynesian sauce or I'll do a regular with uh, – they got like a sriracha – Sauce, yep. you know, there's always a little bit of spice, you know. Yeah, it depends no, how same. how spicy you want to you want to go with. I'm I'm Chick Fil A sauced out, so I've been getting the honey mustard's actually pretty good. I don't yeah. know if you've tried it. So honey uh, good. They don't have a bad sauce. They don't have a bad anything. No. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all about the Chick Fil A. I'll take now. I have to order it tomorrow. Uh, breakfast too, or just lunch? You know, I don't. I'm not a breakfast eater. Oh really? At all? Um, which is probably the reason I'm a blimp. Probably you know should eat breakfast and get the metabolism going, but I wake up and instead of having coffee, I just go right for a two liter bottle. Finish that usually before my morning commute. Drink two really? liters. Yeah, man. Coke zero my- or just straight Coke. Coke zero. It's okay. no sugar. I don't do the sugar. I got diabetes yeah, yeah. in the family, so I try. I I I hardly eat any sugar at all. Like I don't eat pasta, you know, potatoes, French fries, bread, nothing like that. I try to stay away from all kinds of sugar. Um, and uh, but the, this is my vice, man. The you know, I'll smoke so a I, cigar. I don't smoke. Yep. I, I hardly drink at all. Uh, I've never done any drugs in my life. Caffeine the, is like the hardest. I'm one. the same. I'm the same. But I, the caffeine does nothing for me though. I do like Coke Zero. But uh, being in the military, everyone drinks coffee, and I don't. I, I like an espresso. Like I have an espresso machine in my office, so every once in a while I have an espresso after lunch. But people think I'm, I'm nuts with this. I do not like the way coffee smells. Really? Like, I don't like coffee at all. Um, I grew up in a house that always smelled like coffee. My mother was a school secretary, you know, public school secretary, and was basically always drinking coffee. And just, it was just, she just smelled like coffee. But now it's like, I I, no coffee, no coffee dessert. I don't like tiramisu, no coffee. No, no uh, coffee martinis then for No, no. My wife loves coffee. (laughs) You know, I get a coffee all the time. And the worst thing is when it spills on my hand and I'm like, oh, oh, I got to go wash. (laughs) I'm like a surgeon. Get away from me. I'm like a surgeon. Uh, I got to scrub in, you know? So no bagels then either? 
in Long Island. No, no bagels. No, I mean, listen. So, so it's funny. I'm trying to buck the trend this year. I am like a hibernating bear, right? So wintertime, I get fat. And then, you know, around February, I'm like, all right, the summer's coming. I got to trim down. This is kind of the way that it works, you know? Right. And, you know, I have that cycle. That's kind of the way that I've been always. So April of this year, I didn't do it in February. I really let it go. But April 24th of this year, I weighed 294.4 pounds. How tall 294.4, six foot. Okay. I'm almost six one, but I don't give myself to six one. Six foot is what I say. Right, right. I don't want to cheat. Right, so six foot, um, two ninety four point four. That was blimpy. You guys got to check some of the you know, like the YouTube episodes back in April. I was large, and uh, this morning I'm down to two thirty eight. Nice, so congrats! I'm down like you know, like fifty five pounds or so. And the 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 real challenge though is going to be, I've made it through the summer. The right. weather's getting colder. Heat's coming on. Sweater weather. Sweatshirts. Halloween uh, candy, Thanksgiving, Christmas, it just becomes like, all right, let's go back to the fat end of the closet. Well, and, and there's no sun in New York either. Nope. That, that was the worst part is uh, going to the gym in the dark in the morning, and then by the time I'd leave my office, it'd be pitch black every night, and I'd be like... What's that like going to the gym? Shit. You don't go to the gym? Never. So what are you doing then, just keto? Yeah, my weight loss is just all from diet. But is it I mean, are I you walk, doing keto or uh... walk. so I mean I call it Matkins. No, okay. it's like Fatkins, you know, Atkins, whatever the heck you do, right? Okay. So it's you know, I, I I don't like layer in extra fat. You know, I know people who do the right, low right, carb right. stuff and they basically like put sour cream bullet, on themselves and like lick it off their arm. Right, like, I don't right, do right. that crap. No. Like, oh, I'm gonna have coffee and put butter in it. Okay. Yeah, no thanks. Why? I mean, I just eat a lot of like meat. Yeah. You know, Chick-fil-A, I won't eat the bun. There you go. You yeah, know? and the and the carb count actually on the chicken isn't that. Isn't that? Do it. <laughs> yes, my buddy. He wants. He wants dessert. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, how did the podcast come about? What's up, big guy? <laughs> so the podcast. Let's see. That's not Andrew. So the 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 podcast. <laughs> I'm way better looking than Andrew. Give me a break there. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. He's better looking than Andrew, right? Yeah. He says yeah. yeah. He says yeah. yeah. He doesn't have that silly like do poo devil beard. It's funny, man. If you would have known me, maybe you look you look good. Maybe three years ago, I wouldn't even know what a podcast was. Like right. I literally, I never listened to a podcast. I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm gonna be 46 in a couple of days. I'm gonna, you know, okay. I'm an older older guy here, um, and um, I wasn't on really social media. I, I had a Twitter account called Cage Lawyers with an S, and you could see some posts of like cards and stuff on there. And you know, when I got back into, you know the flipping of cards, you know, that we talked about here. Right. Um, I started posting pictures on Twitter. You know, here's my Clay Thompson's. I went to the, I went to a show. I bought 25 Clay Thompson, 2012 prisms for like three or $5 each. Right. And then graded them all. And I got like 21 tens and posted a picture. You see it on my Twitter. I got all tens. Like I was, I think I was the first person who decided to grade 2012 base cards. Like they were just not being graded. So I graded it. all of them. So like, it's your fault. I graded 25 Paul Pierce's. I was the first one to grade Paul Pierce. Like, and all of a sudden, they were like, you know, I paid 10 bucks, $2 for a base card, and 8 bucks to grade it. And the first couple of them sold for a couple hundred dollars. Like, it was a great, oh, wow. like, you know, yeah. a great little, like, come up, right? Um, so, so I started posting pictures of that. And it's funny how it happens, right? Um, Gary V reached out to me over Twitter and was like, okay, I want those clays. I want these. Come in. And, you know, he happens to have an office very close to where I work. 
So okay. I brought in a couple stacks of cards. He was going to the national. I sold him a bunch of Jeters. I sold him a bunch of cards. And he's like, Oh, you want Instagram? And I'm like, No, <laughs> I don't have an Instagram account. And he's like, Well, you have to get one. Right. Said, okay. So I signed up for Instagram. He guaranteed uh, you. I am Cage Lawyer on Instagram right. because it's just me. No, you know, so it's just me. I'm Cage Lawyer. And that's, you know, that so I signed up for Instagram. And the first thing I did was, you know, I was put into a group. And this was like, you know, a sports talk group, you know, Instagram like chat group, I guess, right? right? And it's, you know, Slab Stocks, Card Collector 2, Sasha T, um, you know, the Card Talk uh, pod guys, you know, Lou and Tyler, Shop Mealy Pops, and uh, oh, wow. know, a couple of other yeah. people, and Gary, and right, Andrew right. is in it. Because Andrew, I think, was working for Gary at the time that this group started. Okay. He, uh, he sold the, the wine, the yep. Empathy Wine stuff. And, you know, I started posting my pictures on Instagram, not just Twitter, you know, and then started getting, you know, people following there and, you know, making deals on Instagram. And, you know, I would also in this group, I tell stories, stories about how I collected. I don't I'd, I'd go into my basement and find cards that I had, you know, like, hey, who wants these? You know, I need some money right. to buy boxes. You know, who wants these for, you know, half of what they're selling for? And I, I don't know what it was, but it was it was the summer of. Mm. Summer of 20? It was after COVID. Uh, you know, right in the middle of it, right? COVID had started. And you know, somebody came on and was like, you know what? You know, Cage, you you should do a podcast. Yeah. You know, you got a lot of funny stories. You know, I mean, people would love it. You should you should just do a podcast. I forget who the hell said it. And, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, you would be great on a podcast. And I was like, all right, well, someone's got to explain to me what a podcast is. Right. And the next right. day, Andrew, who I did not know, I didn't know him from anything. Sent me a message. He's like, "Hey, I think the podcast is a great idea. You'd be great at it. I'm gonna send you a link." And he sends me a link. And that evening, we recorded our first episode on July 16th of 2020, and we've done an episode every day since. I don't know how you guys do every day. It's I'd like twice a twice a week for me is a lot. Like I feel like maybe there's not enough to talk about. But uh, I'd like to do two a day. I like really? do one in the morning, one at night. You know, I mean, yeah, I I would, I'd do more. So anybody I, out there wants to do another daily podcast, let me know. I got, I got, there's a lot in me. I, I, I so to be fair, I don't listen to any podcast. Um, when Brandon's on yours, I'll, I'll listen to mm -hmm. yours. And then, you know, I was listening to some, um, as I was working out this afternoon, just trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. You know, I, I, yep. usually it's pretty easy conversation with everybody and yeah. it has been, but, uh, but your podcast though is, is it supposed to be set up like this where you're the main person talking and Andrew's more of a facilitator and then <laughs> so he, whoever your guest is? He fancies himself sort of like a, a host, right. you know, more of a moderator, although you can't really moderate when there's only one other person, right? Right, right, um, right. But no, it's it's just supposed to be two guys talking at a bar, um, you know, two guys talking, you know, at a sporting event or, sure. you know, over dinner or, you know, you know, catching up, you know, at somebody's house over a drink, watching a sports game, you know, and... And just like that happens, I'm doing it to you. I dominate the conversation because I don't shut up. Yeah, but that's so. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's good though because uh, I just I noticed in episodes that I've watched though that you you have like a breadth of knowledge when it comes to comic books, the TCG, just everything as a whole. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Andrew just hasn't been into it as long. Like the car, I don't remember. He came on my show when I first started, and I don't remember what he said. Is like he's always been in cards, or this yeah, is like I mean, a recent, more recent thing. I don't think he's always him. been in cards. I think you know uh, I, he would say that as a kid, 
I think a family member, I don't know if it was an aunt or a grandmother, would buy them packs mm. of cards and that kind of stuff. But I don't, right, I don't right, know right. that he was, you know, actually like doing cards, collecting, you know, saving cards. I think he came into it sort of like when most people who listen to this stuff come right. in, you know, time. he was buying Zions, you right. know, just like you were buying Zions. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's different. But I mean, look, I'm old. You know, I, I, I've been through now two booms with cards. Right, right. So, you know, I'm able to talk about it that way, you know, and, you know, what happens afterwards is, you know, the offshoots, the selling Beanie Babies. You know, I did that. I mean, I put myself through law school selling Beanie Babies. I make wow. fun of it, but I really did. Um, so I've seen ups. I've seen downs. I've seen how it changes. I see how this is a very different boom cycle than the last one. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I've done comics. Right. Like Marvel cards, you know, I do a lot of Pokemon TCG with my son. Um, I've gotten into um, some memorabilia, some autographs. Um, I started buying Jackie Robinson autos recently. Oh wow! So those can't be cheap. Yeah, I mean, nice ones. Nice yeah. ones are definitely. I I would not call them cheap. No, I don't think the, they're expensive, but so I wouldn't call that, them cheap. I think you guys talked about the that recent Marvel sale, the set, right? Because it was what did it sell for two hundred thousand, yes. and then recently it sold for twenty. Yeah, so it's a different set. I mean, obviously it's the same set, but it's not. It wasn't the exact same one. You know how we talked about like the 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 Tom Brady uh, championship mm-hmm. ticket out of a hundred serial number ninety five that sold for one point seven last year. It sold for eight hundred fifty five this year. That's the same exact card. This is the same set, but. The one that's over 200 had a lot of keys that were PSA 9s that were taken out and okay. replaced with lower-grade cards. So it's not an identical uh, set, obviously. Who, who made that graph then? I mean, that's, that's a little so, misleading. I mean, look, you, you know, you have to get, obviously, all of the facts in there. But it right, is, right. it's the same set. It's just obviously not dollar-for-dollar dollar apples. Yeah, it's not. Right. It's, not it's, it's a similar set. It, it's sort of like I saw somebody do a comparison. It might have been Car Letter, guys. A comparison of the Lewis Hamilton Futera card. Where the PSA nine sold for like two fifty, three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and then recently a BGS nine sold for like twenty five grand. Right. It's not the same card. I mean, BGS nine and PSA nine are you know they're they're didn't different. Didn't that Lewis Hamilton like in the last day or two sold for like seven? Didn't shine. so that's that that Paparadisha that was the yeah one the of Sapphire one, right? one of one mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and then Shine Matt Allen I guess he bought it for over seven hundred thousand. Have you guys had him on the show? No. No. I, so I don't know if you saw ESPN. It was on the cover of ESPN today. They're talking so Dominguez? about Dominguez. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's great PR. I mean, it's it great press. It's good for the whole thing. You know, I mean, you can see I, I'm, I'm watching the the Vegas Industry Summit that's going on out there, and it's I mean, just it looks like a lot of people putting a lot of money and ideas and thoughts into how we continue to grow this hobby, even in a in a quote unquote down cycle. Right. You know, even in a tough economy. Um, that gives me a lot of hope for you know for you know positive outlook going forward. So is so man, you love doing the podcast. So is this? I do. I saw you guys expanded with uh, is it Cajun? Yep, uh, Cajun cardboard, Brian. Right. So he's doing the basketball stuff. Is that the plan? Is to you and Andrew keep your show and then expand to other things? Yeah, yeah. I mean the the plan is to take our show, which is Monday Night Football, and just turn it into the entirety of ESPN. Awesome. You know what I mean? Just have all kinds of shows. I'd love to have, you know, uh, a, a TCG, non-sport, Marvel, Star Wars, comics kind of show where that gets talked about and that markets someone with some knowledge about that. I'd love to have a football show. 
Um, you know, would love to have, um, you know, maybe a hockey one that could be, right. you know, a once a year show because hockey's boring. So we don't need more than one episode a year. Just kidding. Hockey fans, all three of you. Hockey's um, my favorite, favorite sport live. <laughs> live. You can't beat it live. I can't follow the puck. I'm old. My eyes are not good. <laughs> so, I can say, so where'd the puck go? Oh, so what, that's kind of like what Barstool does, right? They have the different yep. shows for the different stuff. I know yep. Andrew mentioned when he was on mine that. You know, so you guys wanted to be like the. I don't know if this is still the goal to be like the bar stool of like collectibles, I guess. So, do you guys have people identified for those different shows already? We've spoken to people and a bunch of them, but I mean, we're always if 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 you're listening to this and you think that's me, send us a message. We're always we're always out and we're always are are listening to our fan base. Um, people make suggestions. I spoke to somebody today who I think would make a good, you know, show. We we spoke to people last week. It doesn't always work out. It doesn't always, right. you know, it, it's not always something that can be done. But you know, we've now done this um, with a production team here. I mean, you know, the greatest production quality, but it, you know, it's better than it was in the beginning. Um, but we can do the clipping. We can do the distribution. Right. We can do, you know, the marketing and all that stuff. You know, if there's somebody out there who just wants to, you know, push a button and then it's dealt with for them, which is 90% of the people we talk to, right. you know, that's what we're going to be offering folks. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing. It's a cool expansion. And by the way, not stopping at just collectibles. Like we do um, a Sunday show on whatnot right. with, yep. uh, you know, like sports betting and picks and stuff. I got a killer record on props and NFL. Like I'd love to do a, a fantasy show, hmm. a sports betting show, that kind of stuff. Because I do think it does overlap and dovetail with the hobby. Yep. Yeah, it so. kind of all intertwines together. Um, no, that's cool. Um, so I, I guess the Cajun – sorry, what was his screen name? Cajun Cardboard, yep. Cajun Cardboard. So he's like the first add-in. I know yep. Manny was with you guys for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah. We tried to do shows with with uh, with Manny, the Manny being Manny and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love the Thick Boys. I love what they're doing. Me too. And you know what's funny is, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you gotta, what is it, you know, like, you know, you know, let it go. And then if it comes back kind of deal, like, right. you know, I wouldn't rule out, you know, like a, like a thick boys, you know, kind of, right, right, right. you know, like collaboration kind of sure. thing. Who, you know, I mean, you know, I love Manny. Manny's the man. It's his birthday today, by the way. If you're I, listening out there, Manny, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, I, I shouted him out on my story. I saw that they posted about his birthday today. So, Just a good guy. You know what he I mean? I, I got to spend some time with him at, at uh, Mint Collective in Vegas in in, um, in March uh, this past year. And, I mean, just selfless. You know, like we need more people like that in the hobby. Absolutely. People who are just in it for all the right reasons. He's having fun. You know, he, I mean, he, he really, I think him and Jeremy kind of really found, a, you know, like a, a formula that works. And yeah, you I'm can tell they, they you can tell they actually like each other, so that's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> yeah, whereas me and Andrew, I think what works is I don't really like him. And he hates me. I mean, he can he can't stand me. <laughs> Seriously. Like he I mean, I'll call him and he's like, What? What do you want, man? Yeah, I mean, there's is that, like is this know, what palpable. Is Andrew doing the podcast thing full time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this wow. is his whole life. This is his whole gig. That's awesome. This is yeah. not this is not my my full time <laughs> gig. So you're you know you're talking about the production and I just started doing the video because people are asking me like hey when are you gonna do a video and I was like I don't really want to because I don't want to clip things I don't want to spend time with the video portion of it. Yeah, that's I, not I, fun. People do this because it's fun. Just push a button, talk, have right, some fun. That's right. what I get to do. You think yeah, I know same. how to clip? 
I've started to become a good little video editor. I make some funny videos now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out That's my dangerous. my page. Yeah, man. I'm 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 like the sixth or seventh best hobby memer out there now. I'm hmm. moving for the top five. I'm coming uh, for uh, you guys. Is it Oct- Octane? Octane. We had him on. He's, he's awesome. He's been, Lameme. He's, he's been killing it. Yeah, his are a little dirty. There's some of dirty, them. They're, uh, they're more uh, adult. Yeah, that's true. Those are a little. I mean, I like it, but you know, I I've, I went through my follower count. I gained a lot of followers in the last week. And if you're watching this, and you don't follow me. Give me a follow. I'll give you something for free. Um, that's kind of how I roll. But I have a lot of kids who follow me. Right. So I I don't want to be posting on my story. <laughs> you know. So, oh yeah. No, I don't post launch. it on my story either. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of some kids. Of it, that's good stuff though. Um, oh, it's hilarious. I had uh I don't know if you follow this one Titty Subs. I've I've seen I've seen he, the content. He does the memes too. His stuff's yep. pretty good too. But yeah, I love it. I, I think all that stuff's great. Um, so I think it's okay to make fun Listen, of yourself. That's what we're here for, right? 100%. I mean, you know, this is the that's why. So so I get I sometimes get involved in it myself. You know, like the the hobby drama, the back and forth, the call. There's a lot of it. I, I I mean I kind of come here to escape that. You know, if yeah. I wanted to watch drama. I, turn on fox news you know or you know I, I turn on politics and whatever the hell else i come here because i you know i want to find other people who also right. enjoy collecting cardboard with men's pictures on it yep, you know yep. I mean? tiny <laughs> tiny men on cardboard yeah that's it I mean, yeah so my cool. wife still doesn't get it <laughs> <laughs> she's probably the right she's probably in the right oh 100 percent. me and jeremy were talking like uh he doesn't have this problem because you know courtney she collects too but Every once in a while, like once a month, I'm like, look at these cards. Like these are worth this much. This is worth this much. She's like, sell it. Yeah. She's like, I don't see it in the bank account. So I'm not really understanding what you're doing here, but it's all good. I I love it. I I got into the comic books a little bit, um, but the comic books for me is more of a just for me type of thing. That's Mm -hmm. not, not really an investment thing. Like I I like silver surfer. So I got some silver surfer stuff, some Wolverine stuff, but, uh, you got you got some big books. I know you talked about that Gray Hulk book. Gray Hulk, just a one, right? Gray, Gray Hulk one, um, and that's you know that's that's a hand down right. know, to the kid book, not even like you know for a show. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, the, it's fun. You have to kind of love it. The book is cool, but like in a slab, which it has to be. Yep, I can't read it. No, you know, like you lose some of the, you know, a card in a slab. You got a front, you got a back. You can still look at it. You can still see. You still get the general. You know, you can't even touch it. But like a book, eh, you know, you get the cover art. Okay, great. But like, you know, you lose what it's supposed to be—a a book. Right. I kind of don't love that. You know what I mean? Plus, they're a little harder to store. You know, one of the cool things about cards is stack them up, throw them in a box, nice and easy. You know, like forget about them. Yeah, comic books, you kind of have to have, have like a designated area for them, or you know, put them on display or stuff like that. Um, when I'm getting, you know, those kind of large slabs, I've actually shifted away from from that, and I, I started collecting Type One photos. Okay. So you know that I think that's cool. I don't think it's ever really going to be like, wow, this is the next big price discovery. What, what's, what's type one photos for people? Those are original know. photographs from an event that are developed from a negative, and they are developed um, within two years of the uh, taking of the photograph. Oh wow! So you know, like I have one that you I like purchased. sports photos. Yeah. So I so go ahead, shoot. go ahead. Sorry, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. You have no, no, purchase. no. Come on, no, no. So I was gonna say, my, my buddy AJ, I grew up with. His uh, 
He's from, he's a Long Island guy. They mm-hmm. moved to Florida. We moved to Florida when my dad retired too. But uh, his dad was the first staff photographer at Sports Illustrated. Wow! And he has those photos that you're talking about all over their house. The negatives, everything. Yeah, that's, so if that's something you're if that's something you're interested in. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the the negatives not so much, but photos that were developed from the negatives and they were right. developed like you know basically contemporaneous with it. So I mean, like I look for cool stuff. Like I have one. It did. It wasn't cheap. But I have one uh, of Cassius Clay from his first professional fight. Wow. I consider it like a rookie. I mean, yeah. he was in the Olympics before that as an amateur. And believe it or not, in his first pro fight, he's still wearing the USA shorts that he oh, wore wow. in the Olympics because it was a nothing fight. You know, he fought against, you know, some, um, you know, some local police chief. Uh, I think his name was like Tony Hunsicker or something like that. You know, like a weird fight with not that many people in attendance. Definitely not. A, a, a heavily photographed event, but I have this picture from I think it's 1960, and it says right in it, first professional fight, and you know he's there. You could tell it's him. You know he's he's ripped up in great shape, and you know he's about to throw a punch, and you know other guys throw. A punch. I know there are other ones out there from that fight, but stuff like that. Um, I try to collect you know cool like debut type photos that have some right. significance. I have a cool one of Kareem Abdul Jabbar that was taken in his first pro game. Not just rookie season, like his first pro game. With That's the not the Bucks. greatest picture. He's yeah, you know, he's 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 got the ball and he's kind of like you know looking to pass it. He's like in the lane. He's holding the ball up really high. But on the back of the picture, slabbed in the PSA slab, is the newspaper article saying you know the Milwaukee Bucks debut. You know, oh, Lou Alcindor awesome. looking for the you know looking for a pass. Right. Blah blah blah. You know they won the game. The score. I mean, it's legit. His first NBA. These are not cheap. I have some Jordan ones. I try to collect Jordan ones from like actual finals games. True. There's a lot more Jordans than these so other ones. What the I don't remember. Uh the PSA slabs, they're not UV protected from light, right? So do you have to buy like a film or something to put them in? Or? So I keep mine in my basement. Okay. Basically like wrapped in bubble wrap and I don't have them on display. There's no sunlight anywhere near them. Um, but yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing. It's actually a cool business, you know, if the type one stuff or the PSA stuff takes off. You know, somebody should invent, you know, not just uh, a sleeve, but a sleeve that has UV protection. They they sell them. I mean, they do for comic books. So I, I imagine you should be able to get them for those too. Yeah. I'm going to call AJ tomorrow and ask him what his dad has. Because he does. He has the photos, the original photos yep. too, all over from all the covers he's taken and everything else. So, yeah, it's funny because his, so his dad was the first staff photographer, like hundreds of Sports Illustrated covers. And then AJ was the first staff photographer that shot digitally. Mm-hmm. For surfing magazines, we yep. surf. So, but uh, yeah, so it's interesting. And they're the like, digital is what makes it interesting, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Digital was the end of negatives and developing right. pictures, it was the end of type ones. Um, it makes some stuff rare, but also it means that this is not something that continues. You know, cards, people know about the mantle of the Honus Wagner because guess what? They're still making cards today. They're not really making these photos today. They're making type one photos. So I don't know whether that you know means the supply is what it is. Um, and they're not making more of it, but like, you know, a Kobe Bryant type one is gonna be expensive. Right. Because Kobe didn't start playing until ninety six. It's when digital was out and people were taking right. more digital photographs. There weren't as many negatives and pictures being developed. They weren't sending these like newswire photos out for papers to use. It was all digital. Right. So right. there is so no I- it's kind of like one. with the with the tickets, right? I think, mm-hmm. you know, people people are either with the tickets or they're against the tickets or whatever it may be. But I, I think um, I think tickets are a great investment only because everything's digital now. 
Yep. Um, I don't even. Do you like it, it, right? Do you yeah. like the ticket? It you know it draws you to the event, or you think it's cool? It's a tangible thing. It's kind of listen. I I don't mind the ticket, right? It's kind of why I went towards the 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 um the type photos, ones, the photos, right. because yep. I'm watching. You know that Mac Jones has over a thousand one of one rookies. Not just rookies, a thousand one of one rookies. Like right. nothing's rare. So I was looking for something that, you know, I enjoyed, I thought was cool, and you know, it's something different. And the rarity of it is an interesting thing because you know, PSA is grading these, but I don't there's no like, you know, population report, not yet right. at least, of right. how many, you know, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, first pro fight pictures there are out there. I mean, I know there's more than just mine, but it can't be that many. There, no, it can't be more. I mean, I would say even like a hundred of them would be. I maybe not, maybe more than ten. I don't know. I, I mean, you just think about the time, right? And how many people had cameras that were there shooting or even yep. thinking about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, damn, I never thought about that. But that, that's yeah, it's kind of like the same thing with the tickets, right? The debut tickets. And I know, did you meet Bobby Two Chens? Yep. At national with Brandon. Yep. yep did, I did you see did you see his uh debut ticket that he has for John Madden and Pat Summerall? Their first yeah, that's cool. That I is a cool that. one. I mean, so stuff I, like that, right? That's like tells a story. I was actually explaining who John Madden was to my son, and he's like, Yeah, he, he was a great player, right? I'm like, No. He's like, Well, then why'd they name a game after him? And I had to explain, you know, right. how, you know, what he how he was huge for the league, but not as a player, you know, as a raider coach you know it was awesome for me because i'm a raider fan but uh you know boom me me too that's weird (laughs) there you go that's another story but yeah i mean yeah anyway the point is andrew kind of gets on me and he's like you don't even collect you just come on here you talk you tell people they shouldn't buy ultra modern stuff what are you even buying and it's funny because i do buy a lot of stuff i I do open a lot of packs with my son but i've i've shifted where i spend my money me too you know, into things that I think are cool and things that I wouldn't mind holding, like, you know, a Cassius Clay first profile photo or a Jackie Robinson autograph in PSA 10 grade. Right. And that's, I'm not there yet. So, like, I just acquired my number one on my list was a Fleer Jordan rookie for me. Nice. You know, that's just, but it's a PSA 7, which is, it's, I'm comfortable with that because I don't have to explain too much to the wife. I didn't spend, you know, five figures on a, on a basket. You didn't want to go buy a star, Jordan? That wasn't you, Graham? No, no, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I get the star Jordan and why people are gravitating toward it, but I, I, the Fleer was just something, even as a little kid, it was priced so high. I couldn't afford one as a kid or as a teenager or in my early twenties. I just couldn't justify it. You know what I mean? Now I just turned 40 this year. I'm like, I I want one. I'm going to get one. And I've actually traded for it, which makes it even better. Even better. Right. And that's where I've been going with stuff. I want to hold long-term is just with, the goats for me, you know, if I'm going to hold something long-term, I want it to be a proven player, a Tom Brady, a Michael Jordan, right. Stuff that seems like a no brainer, but people don't, I don't think they talk about it enough. Um, I think they did talk about it and the prices ran and now they're coming back town and there'll be an opportunity to get in on some of them. I do believe that. Um, And I'm more of a goat buyer also. I mean, look, I, I, you know, I, I did fine on buy grade flip, and color up into, you know, something else. I mean, I, I was also a holder of, you know, Luca Prism Silver, PSA 10, and I had Jaws and Zions, and I had, you know, a ton of modern stuff, and I, I, I moved most of it and, you know, started buying other 
stuff. Right. So, what, do you, um, what about memorabilia? Do you do any memorabilia? So um, I've started researching memorabilia. Um, the prices and everything are kind of all over the place. You know what I mean? So the answer is no, but right. it's um, not for lack of bidding. I've been on some really nice memorabilia pieces that I wish I would have won. Um, I guess the closest I'm, I'm getting to memorabilia is these type one photos, you know, that, that I'm enjoying. I don't own like signed sneakers. I, I don't own like, you know, game used uniforms or gloves or anything like that. I have some balls. I have a Babe Ruth single signed baseball. Oh, wow. Holy um, cow. What's that yeah. worth? You know what? I don't have, I have no idea. I've owned it for a long time. Um, How'd you acquire that piece? Uh, in a trade, actually. Oh, <laughs> it's really a, a funny story. So, um, the 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 card collecting cycle before this one, so before I got into Devonte Graham and 2012 Prisms and before Jordan the COVID Instagram, boom, you can look at my Twitter account and you see I was I was a big time collector of UFC cards, and I kind of wish I kept some of them because you know like Conor McGregor's Bloodlines auto his rookie auto, they have a red ink out of 15. There's 15 of them. And I've seen PSA 10s sell for $30,000, right? Wow. I owned eight of the 15 of those. Wow. Eight of them. Um, I had such a huge Connor collection. But I also had, when she was, you know, the star, a, a huge Ronda Rousey collection. I had her, basically her Superfractor, before they had Superfractors. It was the 2012 finest red one of one. Wow. So I had her one of one auto um, and I sold it for like, you know, $30,000, which was huge at the time for a UFC card or for any card. Um, and I was, um, you know, I was collecting all of her stuff. And one card that I got of hers, it's pretty cool for UFC. It's called a grill gear. It's supposed to be a used mouthpiece oh, yeah. of the yep. fighter. And I got a redemption of hers and I redeemed it and it took a long time to get. And I, they tried to replace it. I said, I'm not taking a replacement. Finally, I got the thing. And I, um, you know, I agreed to um, sell that to somebody with, you know, payment plan over time, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, till right, I got right. basically $5,000 for it. And they made the first two payments. It would be $4,000 and just weren't able to pay. Fell on some hard times, the whole nine yards. I still had the, you know, the the item, um, and um, instead of paying me, what this gambler, we're all sort of degenerates. What this gambler yep. did at the time was TriStar. Um, I think they still do this stuff. Yep. TriStar does these like you know, baseballs. like baseballs. Yep. They do like you know, whole deal. And he, this individual, bought into a TriStar break. And, and hit, a Babe hit the Babe Ruth autograph from Holy a TriStar cow. and messaged me and said, hey, I owe you $4,000 for this thing. I'm not a Babe Ruth fan. I don't really need a Babe Ruth baseball. Would you take it and trade for what I owe for you? Ronda I said, Rousey. 100%. Here's the Ronda Rousey, and I'll take the Babe Ruth ball. At the time, people were making fun of me like, that Rousey's worth so much. Why would you take the ball? And I'm like, okay, she'll lose. <laughs> She'll lose, you know, and she'll still quit. be great and the whole deal, <laughs> but she'll lose like everybody loses. The yeah. only fighter that doesn't lose is Father Time. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. So that's how I got my Babe Ruth ball. I didn't even pay for it. Pretty nice, that's, right? Uh... God, do you still know the guy? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the UFC collecting community there was pretty huge. Was it? Um, you know, you know, a pretty tight knit. Some still follow now. Some of them are, you know, like Tiger holders. Been to a couple of the cigar events and stuff, so you know they know me from a past life collecting UFC cards. It's a lot of fun. That's crazy. I, I just I feel like in any situation, a Babe Ruth signed ball would be. You know, it's funny at the time that Ruth, I mean, I, the Ruth ball might only be worth $10,000 right now. I, I really don't right. know. But at the time, that grill gear, I was getting $10,000 offers for it. Wow. But I had agreed to sell it to him for, for five. five. So for all I know, he, he, you know, owed me four, took it for five and sold it for 10, immediately blew it right out the door and, you know, got that money and, you know, was thrilled. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. There's always a flip side. You just don't know what it is. So, your personal collection of, of cards then? Is it a lot? Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of no, cards now? Um, I, I mean, you can take a look. Card Porn actually posted uh, one of those videos. They do those, you know, like kind of like in addition to, you know, calling people out and showing hits and stuff. They have like, I think it's called Card Porn Heroes or there's like some, some video hashtag that they do. They, I did a, a video of my PC. Okay. Um, and put oh, some, cool. you know, just some random stuff, like stuff that you don't show off, you know, that often. But my, my collection is... You know, it's what you'd expect from somebody who was in the 80s. I have a Jerry Rice rookie. I have a Joe Montana rookie. I have a, you know, I have a, um, a, a Michael Jordan rookie, all in PSA 10. Um, wow. I have, um, yeah, I got a lot of fun stuff. You know, I, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of fun stuff. Recently, I bought a LeBron uh, Chrome Refractor BGS 10. I think, you know, his cards are an opportunity now. Yeah, his, oh, wow. his rookie, the 03. Um I don't have a Luca. I need a Luca because we're Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. I also, in addition to the Bronze, I, I picked up um, this this year. I bought a BGS Ten Tiger nineteen ninety six Sports Illustrated for kids in BGS Ten. Wow. So that's, that's a cool a one too. Luca, yeah. I need a Luca to go with the Tiger. Yeah, yeah. And Bronze. A Luca would be easier to get than the other two. So it and be you know, a I mean, I started picking up you know low numbered insert. Uh, parallels that people are chasing star rubies you know legacy from flair of guys that i think are underappreciated tim duncan peyton manning you know that kind of stuff i started building up a little bit of a of a collection of those guys um i bought a duncan 2012 prism gold um i think those are really cool cards Mm. you know the ones that are out of 10 the first prism set right right um but yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I'm a Shaq fan. I bought a Shaq PMG Red, you know, the original, the, the, yep. the real PMG, um, BGS eight and a half. Yeah, my, so I guess I, I do. Thought have the, a I thought PC. that recent upper deck set was trash uh, from the get go. People were liking it. I like I just, it just because it was, you know, it had a lot of cool things in it, and you know, you don't really get to open up a box and chase PMG greens of Michael Jordan or LeBron and Tiger, and that was a cool chase. But you know, the prices were unsustainable. Um, a little behind the scenes on that, like, you know, I ordered my, my eight box case from, you know, from my LCS and I think he paid like 200 a box. Yeah. Well, that's people were selling it for 800. I didn't pay 200, but I think that's what he paid. Um, I saw people selling them for a thousand a box. Yeah. Thousand, 1200 when they first came out. And, uh, I just, I saw all the unlicensed photos of people and that's what turned, it turned me off. It was weird because, that's like the big thing with baseballs. People hate the unlicensed stuff from Panini. I, I like their higher end stuff, the national treasures, the immaculate stuff. But right. when the PMG My, stuff came out, I was like, eh, it's kind of the same thing. I guess either people like it or hate it. And it just wasn't for me. Um, 
I mean, I'll tell you, I wouldn't mind a Tiger Woods PMG from it because you can't really tell that it's unlicensed. He's wearing his red and black. Right. Plus it's upper deck. And yep. I mean, look, I'm sure that they are the the production number is small, but if you want a Tiger, a LeBron, or a Michael Jordan autograph in a product, are there upper deck? Are there? Are, are, oh, is there? I see. I yeah. didn't know there was a LeBron and a Jordan auto in there. Yeah. I haven't seen any. Have you seen? I, I saw one Tiger. I saw an Intimidation Nation Tiger Woods auto, but you know, just like I also haven't seen LeBron's, you know, Space Jam Two movie autos. They're in I think there. I saw, I think I saw one. I think They're I saw the, one. Yeah, I someone hit that. one out of a blaster, I think. I would buy that. It never popped up just because that's one of those rarities. It's funny. There was um, When we did UFC cards, there was a cool card in um, in the 2010 product, so not even one of the first releases, and it was out of 10. It was a triple auto of Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, and Dana White. So oh, it was wow. Dana White's like first auto in a product, but it was also like you know these were like – two titans of the UFC at the time. No one cares about them now. But I remember that was a card that I would pay significant amount of money for just because you never saw them. Right. You know, it was a just, huge rivalry. Yeah, just the whole deal. Did any so, none ever surface? Three of them. I know what three of them are of huh. the 10. Did BJ Penn have any autos in that? Yeah. I'm BJ a BJ Penn guy. So B, everybody loves BJ. BJ Penn was in the round one, 2009. He has a red ink out of 25. I had se- I had six or seven of the twenty five at one point in time. I was the first person to BGS grade those. I was grading oh, wow. those with BGS way back in the day, and those were also very difficult uh, grades, just like um, like PMGs. A lot of chipping on the edges of them. I mean, I think my eight and a half on BJ Penn might still be the highest graded round one um, auto. What did those sell were- for? I mean, it's funny. Back in in oh nine, ten, eleven. Uh, you know, BJ Penn was probably about a thousand or twelve hundred bucks for the out of twenty five. Wow. Yeah, not not crazy. I don't know what it sells for now because he's got a big fan base, and those are you know. But but as happens, and you see it now with F one and you know all these other sports, soccer, right? In the beginning, there's not a lot of product. You know, Mbappe's prism went crazy because that was the card. Sure, that was it. There was right. like an optic, I think, also of him. Um, and but then all these other releases came out, right? Holland, you know, mm-hmm. all these other releases came out. F1, Lewis Hamilton, Verstappen, there was one set, then another set, then 14 other sets, and all of a sudden, the stuff, you know, the UFC is a great example of that. I, I saw it happen. Like, I was an Anderson Silver fan, and you know, when the Series One autos came out, you know, his round one red ink was like $2,500, $3,000. Wow. Um, and then round two came out and it had a red ink. And that was $800. And then you can get the round one for $1,500 or $1,700. Right, right. And then a third one came out, and, you know, it was main event. And that was $150. Bucks. Mm. And then the round two came down to $600. And the round one came down to $1,200. Because, you know, now there are levels that you could choose right, from where it used right. to just be everybody who wanted an Anderson Silva Auto had to, had to get the one yeah. for the one. Yeah, supply and demand, supply and demand. Yeah. So what the um it's funny, someone messaged me today and wanted me to talk to you about F1. Are you have you been hating or shitting on F1 and people have been giving you grief about it? No, or? but I, I do think that F1 is um is going through the same growing pains that we saw with UFC, with WWE, um, when there is that first set that comes out and you combine WWE that with a, a horrible nosedive. I mean, that's that, a perfect, that prism, perfect example, right? That prism, that prism, 
Brandon and Rob opened a case, I think, or maybe a box, and they got uh, Andre the Giant. I want to say it was to five or ten, mm-hmm. and I, I want to say they sold it for like eight or ten grand. I bet that card's not even a thousand dollar card now. And it happens, but it's right. In addition, th- I know there are some F one fans out there. I know there are right, but most people who bought into F one cards during the rise were looking to buy and sell. What, right. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? No. Nothing wrong with that at all. But that is not a recipe for success sustainable. and sustainable investment. When you have a, com- a combination of now they know they have a market, they're going to continue to keep printing, 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 and people are not buying it to hold. They're buying it to try to dump to flip. after yeah. and flip. Exactly. That's not a recipe for sustainability. It's not a recipe for you know for a, a trend moving up um, in, in pricing. It's just not. And you know we've seen it. we've seen it over and over again. So I have no problem with F one. As a matter of fact, I have several F one cards in my PC. Um, you know I, I have a small collection of Nicky Lauda, who you know if you're an F one fan you know who that is. If you're right. an F one you know flipper you probably don't care who that is. Um, but I've I've got a small I got a Futera. Nikki Lauda that I graded myself. Um, I got an eight on it, which is a high grade for those cards. Um, and uh, I got some, you know, some older Panini stuff from the seventies, some stickers and stuff like that. I graded a Hamilton Sports Illustrated for kids, which I consider his actual rookie. Um, I only got a five on it. It's a, it's the best looking five I've ever seen, but wow. it is what it is. But I graded it. I have another one, the Sports Illustrated magazine, unripped. You know, like I actually bought the, yep, the, the magazine. But I get the whole magazine, so yeah, the sheet's in it. Right. I think Cole Hamels is on the cover of it. It's like Cole Hamels pitching hmm. phenom. <laughs> you know, like it's uh, so, yeah, you know, I guess uh, so. I guess if you're an F1 fan and you want this stuff for your own personal collection, you it probably behoove you to wait until there's more releases and there's more autos out there. If you're just looking to collect somebody's auto, you know, like oh, I want a Max Verstappen, or you're a you know you're a George Russell fan, or you know, whoever you are a fan of, yeah, I mean, the more they make. Like, if you just want to, I love Lewis Hamilton. I just want a Lewis Hamilton autograph. They're going to continue to churn out Hamilton autographs. You know, right. Hamilton autographs will be, you know, 50 bucks soon, you know? And that's just what happens. I think everyone hopes they'll be 50 bucks. They will be. Because <laughs> I'm, as I'm long late, as he I'm keeps late. driving. I want to get a Hamilton. Um, I like the Sapphire sets because I'm a baseball guy, but – uh yeah, I've just been waiting. Uh, I'd like to get like one of the variation numbered ones in a PSA ten, but the prices are coming down steadily, so I'm just gonna keep waiting. And it's just what happens. Right. That, th- yeah. that doesn't mean people were pumping and dumping. It doesn't mean that I'm an asshole for saying prices are gonna come down. It's just I've no, seen you just this. call it how it is. It's, it is what it's it is. Economics, yeah. right? You know, I mean, it's just the way it works. So we've been on for a little over an hour, but I do want to ask you this because I'm I'm fascinated by the pump and dump stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just you've been in this a lot longer than me, and consistently like is there's like no rhyme or reason sometimes for this stuff like it doesn't sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me sometimes like you can say the v friend stuff or the wwe like there's hype and stuff built into it but like i'll give you an example last year mike trout rookie cards the psa 10 update right um mm-hmm. i had a nine five and brandon calls me and he's like sell your mike trout right now and i'm like why he's like they're they're selling for over three thousand dollars he's like i have no idea why i was like i don't either I was like, but I don't want to sell it and then have someone return it next week because somebody's pumping Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. But like, so I did. I sold it and it was gone. But like, I just, how does stuff like that happen in your opinion? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, usually there's a concerted effort that somebody's right. buying up the available supply of them. And what winds up happening is all of a sudden supply gets dumped back on, you know, they, you, um, I'll try to, I'll try to come up with like a, you know, a, a good example of it. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon's 86 Fleer is a good example that I saw. And that card was readily available for under a thousand dollars. But then it, you, you buy all of the ones that are available out there. And, um, it basically means that now if somebody wants to buy them, they have to pay more money to get one. Right. And if you have one, two, or three people saying, all right, now's the time to buy this card, and they're not available, the floor becomes a new floor. Um, I, It's funny how I learned about this. You wouldn't think you could do it. You have to find a card that doesn't have a crazy high available supply. So your BGS 9.5, even though there's a supply of that, at any given time, there's not a ton of them on eBay. So somebody buying a few of them could cause you know, basically almost mm, a shortage like a of supply reaction. at the time. So I um, I remember just un- unwittingly, I thought Pete Alonzo was going to have a great season, and he did, you know, when he was a rookie. So I told I told a bunch of people in that, in that Instagram group, I said, hey, I love Alonzo. I'm going to go and buy as many Pete Alonzo PSA 10s as I can find. I'm just letting you guys know. It wasn't like, oh, everyone go out and buy him. I just said, right. all right, I'm, I'm buying him. So if you guys were planning on getting an Alonzo, I'm telling you now, go grab one because I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat there with like 20 bucks. Right. So I went on eBay and I found, I think it was 50 of them that were between 20 and, you know, $40. I bought right. all of them. Right. And it cost me, you know, $1,400 or $1,300, something like that. But now I had 40 of them. And over the next week, anytime someone would list one below $40, I would buy it. And I amassed like 100 of them. And I did the same thing with Tatis because I just mm. wanted to – this was at the time, this was what I thought you did. Like this right. was like buying stock That's in a smart. card. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole yeah. deal. I'm buying all Majority of them. Owner. But then what happened was, you know – there were no Pete Alonzos for a month because I was buying every one of them. And then anytime someone listed one, in order to beat me for it, they had to pay $45 or $50. Right. And then it was $60, $70. And then he started hitting home runs and it was, you know, $75, $80. And I'm like, all right, I'm in these at an average of like $26. bucks. i am going to start selling some. Absolutely. Why the hell not? You know, and it wasn't, that wasn't the plan. You know, the plan was, I think Pete Alonso is going to be awesome. I'm in New York. You know, my son likes him. But I could see how it happens. It wasn't my intention. My intention was to stockpile as many of these cards as I could. But right. in so doing, it caused almost a supply shock. Think of it, you know, for stocks, mm. it's almost like a short squeeze. Right, 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 right. Right? So, so if you had enough people with a, you know, with a, with a card that doesn't have a tremendous amount of supply – it definitely would be a way to do it. Mm. It was an eye-opening thing that I kind of stumbled on completely, you know, unintentionally. I was just looking at so this is what I did. Take a look right. at my pictures. You, like, you could have like I had I think I had 132 <laughs> Tatises at one point wow. in time. Wow. You know, and I was in those for like $32 each, and they were selling for 300 at one point. Right. Yeah, they were. Was, I, I got a um like a, a loose retail pack at Walmart, got a Tatis and graded it during COVID and sold it for like two fifty. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm glad I asked you that then. That's a good point. I, Eric from Insta Trading Cards last season, before the season started, he was like, 
I think Otani's going to have a good year. And I'm like, dude, he's been hurt. There's no way. So he did the same thing. He bought, I forget which rookie card it is, but there's one of him batting and pitching. So he bought like every single one on eBay. Yeah. Raw card of him batting. Like every single one, like 300 or something. Yep. Ridiculous. And I'm sure he did really well on them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did really well on them. Yep. Yep, especially since the last. I mean, seasons. and listen, some people would say, "Why do that? Why not just buy a couple good ones? Buy buy one or two really nice cards. Why? Because look how liquid it is. You just post them up on eBay or wherever it is, BWCC, and boom, they're gone right. for way more than he paid. Way more, and then now he can reinvest in something even bigger. So, yeah, there's a, there's always I think, and I say it all the time, like things have changed. Right, we're out of this COVID boom. There's still ways to make money in the hobby. I think there always will be. You'll always be able to trade up or do those things. You just got to put in the time and the effort um, and talk to people. I think networking is super underrated. And like you, it's gambling. It it's is gambling. It is, but you know, it's a calculated thing. At the beginning of the season, people were making their bets on quarterbacks. If you listen to me, I said buy Jalen Hurts because the team's going to go seven and two. I now think they might go nine and zero oh to start the season off. They had a very easy schedule. It was less It was less that I love Jalen Hurts, but more I thought he was going to win, and all of a sudden his cards would go up. If you did, you'd be doing fine. You could sell them right. now for significantly more. There are people in the NBA that people are buying. They will make money in the first month or two. There are names out there. That I people, mean, but if you would have just bought – so I do basketball too. If you yep. would have just bought Silver Zions over the summer, right, BGS 9.5s were selling between mm-hmm. four and 500 bucks. One ended yesterday for $1,100. Yeah. So right now is the time to sell. If you have Zion and you're hedging your bets, I would sell now or wait till the first preseason game and dunks on somebody. But pretty much now, or you're gonna have to wait till the end of the season. So, isn't it amazing how that works? But you can even go one one further, right? And and I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. But you know, look, if if you made your bets on a young quarterback in the beginning of the season, if you were a Trey Lance, you lost money. Fields, you probably lost money. Trevor Lawrence, jury's still out. Um, if you were Hertz, Tua, you're doing fine. Oh, you're right? doing great. Yep. Basketball, Mobley, ankle injury. Maybe that's not the guy. Scotty Barnes, right. maybe that's not the guy. But, you know, there is a player out there who's going to take a step forward this year, whether it's like a Sadiq Bay type of player that you can buy for very little. And he's kind of, you know, people think Kate Cunningham is his team, but he, I'm just using him as an example just because right, right, right. they're playing the Knicks tonight. So I saw him and I'm like, what if he starts averaging 22 and 10 a game and you're like, wow, I mean, his stuff will be up 100% during the season from what you could buy. It. There's definitely some player out there that's going to take that next step in their game this year that you can buy today and will be worth more in a month, two or three. Right. No, absolutely. And it's just little things too. Like you said, maybe it's somebody that was injured and they come back like Otani. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an Orlando Magic fan. So like Jonathan Isaac's been hurt the last two years. If you made a small investment in him, over the summer, and he plays well in a couple of games, you, I, you'd triple your investment easily. But it's just – it's amazing. I think the Zion thing has been so up and down just because he is – he goes kind of side and side with cards right now. Like, it's just a side-by-side thing. Like, he's forever married to cards at this point, right, just because of how many prism-based slabs there are. And He's the, the potential generational talent. Luca's and- great. Zion is the one that can be the next LeBron, the next Jordan. That's the that that that's the great hope for cards. People well, and he and he just him. and he rode that hype train, right? That hype just boomed. So I think I'm I'm rooting for him. You know, he's a bigger, heavier guy. I like it. You know, we'll see. I thought it was interesting. Shaq the other day was actually saying he liked the bigger Zion, and that now he might be more injury prone than he was before because people are going to take wax at him. But I guess we'll see. The season's just rolling. Um, but yeah, 
It's been great. Is there anything we didn't talk about or anything you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, listen, this is long. My, you know, my, my shows daily are a lot shorter than this usually, you know, but we do it every day. So right. it's tough to talk for, you know, over an hour every day. Although that's the cool thing about cards. There's always something happening in cards. This cool thing about sports is always something happening in sports. Look, you know, I could, we could talk about Aaron Judge, you know, because look, look what just happened. We talk about the playoffs, the seating, the matchups, NFL. You know, there's always there's always something going on. Um, so I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, just if there's anybody listening, you know, give a listen. It's Lucas Tigers and Bronze, Luka Nation Network on YouTube. We got Cage and Cardboard on there with other shows coming soon. And um, you know, give me a follow on Instagram, Cage Lawyer. Uh, if you're new and you found me from this show, send me a message that you found me from Breaking Wax, and I'll send you some some Panini digital cards or something for free. There you go. Well, I appreciate it. It was it was a good conversation, and that's what I'm about. So, thanks for coming on today. And uh, anytime, anytime you want to come on, let me know. I appreciate, appreciate that. It. Thanks for asking. Not a lot yeah. of people ask. People are afraid. They're afraid to bring me on because I'm kind of crazy. You know, you know, you never know what nah, you're gonna get with this lunatic. I don't, I don't think so. I, you know, for me, I just I look for guests that I, I think I'll have a good rapport with, and we'll have a good conversation. I think it was, and I enjoyed it. So, thank you. Yeah, have man. a good night. Thank you. should be thanks for listening to the break and wax podcast please if you enjoyed it share it um, send the link out put it on your story i welcome all feedback and comments send me a message let me know what you're thinking about what you want to talk about and if you want to be a guest on the show i answer all my dms i think it's weird when people don't That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace.